Welcome to the What Would My Life Coach Say podcast. My name is Riley Figliozzi and I am a certified holistic life and career coach. This podcast is all about learning together, growing together, and taking positive actions to improve our lives. Through this podcast, I take you beyond the scope of a typical coaching session and instead share with you self-improvement tips, tricks, and tools that you can use in order to take back control and level up your life. If you've ever had a problem and wondered what a life coach would tell you to do, this podcast might just give you the answer you've been looking for. So what are we waiting for? Grab your favorite beverage, get comfortable, and let's get better together. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the What Would My Life Coach Say podcast. Today, I am here with Kelsey Daniels, who is a trauma-informed coach, and we are going to be talking all about inner child work, regulating the nervous system, and how high achievers can get stuck in a burnout cycle, which I'm sure many of you guys are familiar with because I know that I've been there and done that too. So I have Kelsey here to share some tips, tricks, and tools with you guys so that you can take control and level up today. So welcome, Kelsey. Please introduce yourself and tell the listener listeners a little bit about the work that you do. Yay, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, So like you said, I'm a trauma-informed coach and I help people heal from the past so that they can build a really deep sense of self-trust and um, emotional resilience through practices like embodiment and nervous system regulation and inner child healing. So that's just like the short and sweet version of what I do, but (laughs) there's so much that goes into all of that. Yeah, definitely. And I will be honest, I didn't know what inner child work meant, or like even what the heck was inner child until really recently. And I'm probably still a little bit new to it. So for anyone listening who has no idea what inner child is or what inner child work looks like, can you just kind of explain the process or at least what it looks like when you're working with clients? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. And something that I get a lot from people is that they're not really sure what inner child work is. And I didn't even know like the full scope of what inner child work entailed um, until I started doing the work. And so it can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people too, but ultimately it is the process of reparenting yourself and learning to understand that a lot of the ways that we show up, a lot of the things that we become triggered by, a lot of the ways we respond to different situations now in our present day is a direct reflection of a wounded inner child, most likely. And so it's this process of getting to know yourself again, getting to know your inner child, being able to support them, kind of understand what what they're needing and give that to yourself and be able to build that emotional connection with yourself and become that loving inner parent that you so desperately needed when you were younger and you may not have gotten. So a lot of times we like just don't get our needs met when we're little kids, like whether that's emotionally, um, 
mentally, physically, whatever it may be. And so we seek out ways to get those needs met. And so inner child work is the process of giving back to yourself and meeting all of those needs. Wow. Yeah. Good stuff. Cause I always thought like inner child healing was like corresponded to trauma or like really Mm. dramatic events that happened when we were younger or like at some point in our life, but also it's like something that you can do to connect with yourself when you're feeling lost or feeling confused or just what the heck is going on? Like, how do I find myself again? So I know there's a couple ways that people can work with you. They don't have to have this dramatic, like traumatic experience. They could just be kind of wanting to connect with themselves and figure out like who they are. So I love the different aspects of it. Um, Yeah. Did you want to touch? Yeah. I just wanted to kind of go into a little bit more like, um, cause you mentioned that like the idea I think, and the almost, um, like a big myth surrounding trauma in general, I think is that it has to be this big, Mm. um, awful, terrible event that happens to you. And it can be all of those things. Like it can be, um, like a car accident or like a chronic health condition, or maybe you were, Um, you lost a loved one or a parent or something like that. It could be abuse. All of those things are trauma, but so are the little things, the little things like being bullied or feeling left out or feeling like you don't like, let's say you move schools and you feel so like lost and confused when you're little, or maybe you didn't have a parent who validated your emotions um, or a parent who was super um, focused on appearance and looks or like the food that you ate and things like that. It can all cause dysregulation within your nervous system because trauma isn't the event that happens. Trauma is the impact that's caused within the body when safety is compromised and when you're not receiving what you needed at that moment. And so it's like literally as simple as that. So it's like 99.9% of us have some level of trauma. And so while trauma is not like a prerequisite to doing inner child work, most of us have some level of trauma and so inner child work pairs really well with that type of um, experience and that type of healing yeah and to kind of bounce off of what you're saying which thank you for sharing all of that it was super informative and I think gives a lot of clarity to anyone who has no idea what this is I feel like I'm learning about it every single day like something new it just like clicks it's like oh okay yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah but in addition to that, someone who, you know, could come to you or come to uh, someone who's trauma informed, like an inner child healer, maybe they don't even know what their traumatic experience is. And you'll mm-hmm. just kind of talk with them and be able to identify what that is, what those triggers yeah. are, where those come from. I, yep. I love the reel you posted the other day about like, no, I had, you know, I didn't have a traumatic childhood. And it was like all these things. And I, it's like so many things that like mm-hmm. everyone can relate to. Like, I don't remember exactly yeah. what they were in specific. You can yeah. like, but it was just like, wow you know it's just like you don't realize that these events in your entire life have dramatic effects on who you are how you respond to things the rest of your life it's really cool really interesting stuff that you do yeah yeah thank you yeah it is super interesting and it can be very layered which can feel very difficult to explain to people sometimes and like to you know talk about the importance the importance of it but yeah that um real was like definitely inspired by my own experience and by things I had heard from other people. A comment that I get a lot is, 
I had a good childhood. I didn't have any childhood trauma. And it's like, <laughs> when you, when you break it down and you start to look at the little things and these little things can have like a really profound, like compound effect over time when it's something that is continually reinforced that it becomes what people deem as just like their personality when really like you can break down a lot of these personality traits as like things that occurred or ways that you decided you needed to be in order to stay safe and get yeah. your needs met and get attention and love and validation from the people in your life yeah Absolutely. Seriously, such good stuff. So I'm excited to get into the real topic of today. Yeah. I'm going to start Let's with the high achievers and how we mm. can get stuck in the burnout cycle. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this and what types of trauma or events mm. or beliefs about ourselves or behaviors lead to this burnout cycle because I'm guilty yeah. of it. I know so many of my listeners, Instagram community is guilty yeah. of it. And we're always trying to find ways to like take a step back and not overwork mm -hmm. ourselves and try to find the balance. So what mm -hmm. do you have to say about all of that? Cause it's a big topic, but just, you know, <laughs> we'll take it one step at a time. But I mean, I'm just curious, like where the pattern comes from and you know, yeah. why this is so common. Yeah, I think that obviously each person's situation is unique and different. And so without knowing a person's history and maybe what happened to them, I can't identify exactly what that, like what it may be, but I think a lot of it comes down to worthiness and the feeling the need to prove yourself and needing mm -hmm. to prove your worth. I think that's one, one, definitely one piece of it. Um, so just feeling like if I keep doing, if I keep you know, achieving, if I do more, I will get, you know, recognition or appreciation or acceptance or validation from people in my life. And that'll make me worthy that like I need to, and I need to keep doing, and I need to keep achieving more in order to show that I am valuable. And so that everybody knows I'm valuable because you lack um, maybe the belief within yourself that you are just inherently worthy and valuable as you are. So I would say that's like one piece of it. Another potential piece of like the overworking and the burnout is um, it could be going kind of into like a flight response, which you're constantly doing, constantly working, maybe to avoid something, maybe mm. to run away from something, maybe to um, not face your problems and face your trauma head on. Um, I see that happen a lot. So those are, I feel like those are like probably the top two main two of like, you're escaping something, you need to prove something, it's a worthiness wound, something tied into that is what I see a lot with the high achieving and the overworking and the burnout. And it just becomes this cycle, this vicious cycle. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. Something just came to me when you were saying that. And oh my gosh, that's so funny. It just like clicked to me really quickly when you were talking about avoiding something yeah. right and mm -hmm. I remember growing up when anything like you know bad would happen specifically with breakups and boys 
your friends and your parents and everything, you know, would just be like, oh, well, just stay busy. Like time will pass and you'll get over it. Just stay busy. Don't focus on it. And you won't even know it happened. And I thought of that as you were talking, because I was like, yeah, do I stay busy to avoid stuff? And I don't know necessarily if I do now, but definitely in the past, I was taught to stay busy to avoid stuff. And that's actually really interesting. I never thought about it that way. And yeah, I'm curious if like other people listening can notice that in their own behavior. Like, am I trying to avoid something? Have I been brought up to stay busy, to not think about a parent passing or a breakup or a friendship battle? Like, that's so interesting to me. And yeah, those things can become habitual. And over time, we don't even realize that we're staying busy to not think about this emotion Mm -hmm. or event that just happened that causes us pain, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely, sorry, go go ahead. ahead. (laughs) I was saying, yeah, it's definitely, like you said, something that is also modeled to us. Like if we have a parent, you know, another part of that could be a parent who um, maybe if you got home from school and you just needed to sit, you need a a minute or you need it, or you were just like hanging out on the the couch or whatever. And a parent, Mm -hmm. you know, says that like, thinks that you're being lazy or tells you to stop being lazy or a parent who never, um, never takes time for rest, never takes time to give back to themselves. So if you have those examples in your life too, like you said, even somebody saying like, oh, just stay busy and like, you'll get over it. It'll be fine. Like time heals all wounds when it really, it really doesn't. (laughs) It just allows those patterns to continue to repeat themselves. So yeah, like I said, there's a lot of different things that can be related to that, like overworking and burnout cycle, whether it's worthiness, feeling the need to prove yourself, having that as an example, or like modeled to you by a parent, or like you said, like trying to avoid feelings. And I know that like, that was me for sure. Like I remember growing up and being a kid and always staying busy. And like, I, I know that I am, um, I don't want to get off into like a whole other topic, but like, I don't know how into human design you are, but like, I'm a generator. And so a part of that is like that you are a doer, you like, like Mm -hmm. to do things and you have a lot of energy to do things. So like that combined with um, not feeling comfortable to face my feelings, not feeling comfortable to go into those really uncomfortable emotions. I remember like always being in sports, always, you know, doing dance lessons and piano lessons and hang out with friends and had a boyfriend and like all of these things to keep myself really wrapped up in doing so that I didn't have to sit in the discomfort of being still. Yeah. That's really powerful stuff. I feel like so many people can relate to that. Um, and I know at least in my work and I'm sure in yours, you kind of touched on it already that it's case by case, right? Like how you work with clients, what you maybe instruct them to do or kind of lead them to doing certain things or uncovering certain things. It can be case by case depending on the person, but in general, like speaking in sake for the podcast, (laughs) how can someone kind of start to like tap into this and overcome this burnout cycle that they may be experiencing in general terms? What would you suggest? Definitely. Yeah. I think that it's really important to start small because if you try to take you know, drastic action or action that's too far ahead of where you feel comfortable being, you're going to snap right back, like back to that, like overworking and that burnout cycle. And so that's where I see a lot of people actually like 
um, almost going like zero to a hundred in a sense of like, they're working, 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 and then they crash. And they're like, that forces them to slow down. That forces them to take a break. But then they're like completely just like, they're done. They're just like, I can't do anything. I can't move. I can't, you know, work, whatever. And then after a certain period of time, then they get back to it and they continue this cycle again and again and again. And so a lot of people will be like, oh, I just need a vacation or I just need to like take some time off. And it's like, it's a little bit deeper than that. Like it takes daily practice and daily commitment to yourself. So I think that really getting super aware, um, awareness is like super curious and get and awareness is like a huge key to all of this, that all of the stuff within like your healing journey, whatever that may look like, but really taking the time to get a, get curious and become aware of when you find yourself in these like high achieving, overworking cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me personally, it was like, I needed to set reminders on my phone to take a break. That's like how little of breaks that I was used to taking when I first started healing from my own burnout was like, I need to set alarms on my phone and I have to take multiple breaks throughout the day. And those breaks have to be very intentional and they have to be um, doing things that are, it can be small. It can be like getting a glass of water or going for a walk or doing some grounding or um, some nervous system regulation or taking a shower, whatever it needs to be, but it has to be intentional. It can't just be like scrolling on your phone or watching TV or anything like that. It needs to be connecting you back to your body, connecting back to like your senses and really helping your nervous system come back to regulation. Yeah. I love Um, that. Yeah, I'm trying to think like that's like the start small um, mm-hmm. piece of it. I'm trying to think if there's like anything else um, that's like super, super important. Um, I think just, yeah, like getting curious, being super intentional and um, being aware of like any triggers that might come up, any triggers that make you feel like you have to keep going or you have mm-hmm. to keep doing and getting really curious about those triggers and being willing to sit in, like I said, sit in the discomfort of not doing anything. What, what is coming up for you when you choose to stop doing and why is that fearful for you? Or what is there in that stillness that you don't want to face? And it is super helpful to have somebody to go into those places with you, obviously, but like, again, get really curious about what is coming up for you when you are not working that you're trying to avoid. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, as a coach, you know, the right questions to ask to get them (laughs) thinking and to get them to be like, introspective about it and curious and aware versus like someone who's just like, you know, not knowing what to look for, not knowing what to kind of press at and uncover. Um, So yeah, having a coach who's informed in this stuff is excellent. Um, I think I love what you said about like being really intentional about your, your breaks. And I think I do the same thing. I love having my dog because I know like morning, lunch and dinner time I go out and I walk with him I don't bring my phone I don't have music you know I just go and I walk and I I think about things but I don't plan you know I don't strategize I just kind of let myself wander um and it's so nice to have that and like breathe in the fresh air and just hear the sounds of the cars driving by you know it's great to have that I really like um journaling I'm a big journaler 
Um, I think, you know, like romanticizing your day and Mm -hmm. drinking your coffee or your tea or your lemon water, like just sitting there and experiencing it. Even if you're like eating lunch, not on your computer, not on your phone. I know so often when I was in corporate at the office working nine to five, I would have a working lunch where I would eat and still do work. And it's like, no, I deserve to take a 30 minute or 45 minute, however long break with no phone, no computer, no, no, no one nagging at me, telling me to do anything and just enjoy my meal. Right. Yeah. And it's been so normalized to not do that, to actually be working 24 seven. So yeah, yeah, definitely big things to think about and look at and pay attention to. Yeah. Um, All of these, I was going to say all of these things sound so simple, but putting them into practice can actually be kind of difficult. Like the practice of not scrolling on your phone while you're eating or not watching TV while you're eating or taking time away. Like you said, it's so normalized. It's so ingrained in us to keep doing it's so, um, yeah, it's just not a normal practice. So like when you first start doing it, that's why I say like start small and, Mm -hmm. and work your way up. Um, I would also say like any type of, um, like you said, when you're drinking your tea or your coffee, like really connecting into like the sensations, like is the mug warm on your hand? Like, do you feel the warmth on like in, down your throat or whatever? And like, yeah. are you sitting on your couch? Like, where are you? Like what's around you connecting back into really what's in your surroundings is going to help ground you back to like the present moment so that your mind isn't like a million steps ahead of you already. Like it's, it's already five weeks down the road where your brain is at. And so it's really coming back to the present moment. So you're not constantly thinking about that next task or like what's next on like your to-do list. Yeah. I love that. There's the simple mindfulness and it does take time and it does take practice. I will say I have a scatterbrain, like a monkey brain, I think it's what it's called. And I had a lot of trouble, like turning it off. And one thing, and I'm going to share this with you guys, this is like something that has changed my life to quiet my mind is I've noticed this about myself. Like if I have an idea, I feel like I have to act on it right then because Mm. if if I don't, I'm going to forget about it. Sticky notes, (laughs) post-it notes. You should see my desk. I have post-it notes everywhere and like my notes folder on my phone I text oh my gosh my notes folder (laughs) yeah but it's so it's so simple but it literally is a game changer to be able to completely withdraw yourself from those anxious thoughts those busy thoughts those Mm -hmm. overachiever thoughts of you know what am I going to do next I need to do this I need to do that just make a note of it so you know it's not you're not going to forget about it it's there you can look at it and see it but it's out of your brain and onto paper and you can come back to it after you have your tea or your water or your walk with no phone and no computer taking notes like literally the simplest thing taking it from my brain and putting it Mm -hmm. on paper and then leaving it there has changed my life like so much so yeah. that's like my number yeah. one tip I would yeah. I would suggest to anyone. Yeah, no, I do the exact same thing. My notes section on my phone is just like 
it's just page after page after page and like I have to remember to go back and like add it to like a word doc or whatever but it is so helpful to I remember even being like that as a young kid of like needing a pen and paper like by my on my nightstand or something to like write down anything that came to mind so that I could actually sleep basically when I was younger um another thing that like going back to kind of the inner child work portion of it that just like popped in as you were talking um is to get curious like if you have something come up like a trigger or you're feeling very anxious or like overwhelmed or whatever to get curious about um like maybe what inner child is showing up for you and this can take some time to build this awareness and this connection but start to get curious about like where did when was um a time when I was younger that I felt these same sensations within my bodies or within my body or these emotions within my body when was a time in the past that I felt this way um how like how old was I what was I going through at the time um what um what was I stressed about at the time and maybe go even go back in and kind of be like okay that was this age and this inner child and like how can I kind of what were they needing at that time how can I fulfill that need for myself right now were they needing rest were they needing some play or to have some fun those are some big big things that I um, encourage my clients with um, through this whole process, especially healing from burnout too, because we get mm-hmm. stuck in this cycle of doing, doing, doing that we forget that like life is meant to be enjoyed. Life yeah. is meant to have fun and play. And what things in your day to day do you do that are simply purely for you and not because you have to complete a task or a chore or something has to have a result or an outcome? Like, what do you do for yourself that literally? it doesn't matter right but it has such a big like impact and importance for you because it allows you that space to play and have fun yeah I love that so much yeah Yeah. I mean another thing like just one more tip that I will share from my personal journey I feel like I've just really grown like recently and gained a lot more self-awareness about like what I need so I'm gonna share it with the podcast listeners because I think they could benefit but What I've noticed when I have these like burnout cycles or just like feeling like stuck and like all I do is work, Mm -hmm. I notice that like when I feel that way, it's oftentimes when I wake up just in time to start work and when I'm working up until the time I go Mm -hmm. to bed. And when that happens, I feel like I'm living for work Mm -hmm. versus what I do now is I wake up now around like 4.45, 5 a.m., but I love it. It's like sometimes hard, but I love it because I don't start work until nine. So I have four Mm. hours of me time. Like I own my day. And I think it's so important to like get up. Like I remember in high school, sometimes in college and like when I was working corporate, when I had to drive to the office, I would get up just enough time to like shower, do my hair and makeup, grab something to eat and go. And I wasn't, that was like the, you know, work was running my day, but like now I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. I run my day work just fits in there at some point. So, yeah, I mean, I know some people don't have the luxury to get up at 5am or, you know, whatever, but Mm -hmm. I just think it's so great to have at least an hour or two set aside in the morning where you don't have to shower, get ready. I mean, if that's part of your routine, like that's part of your routine, but I don't want people to do it because they have to for work, right? Like it's because you have, you get to, and you want to, 
and you do whatever you want to do and then you start work right then you clock yeah. in then you plug in um so yeah, yeah I sure. that's like a big thing for me that I've noticed really helps too yeah. uh, along with the sticky notes is just yeah. having that time set aside where like I run my day work fits into my day it's not the other way around so yeah. I love that um I was gonna go off of another thing that you said about like regulating the nervous system. Um, yeah. That was my next question for you with these like triggers or these sensations. Mm-hmm. I really want to understand the ways that you recommend people kind of regulate that. Um, mm-hmm. I've read or heard you mention like somatics, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Maybe I do know what it is, but I don't know the phrase well enough. Yeah. So can you talk about that and just like how we can quiet the fight or flight response? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So somatic is just going back to the body. So soma is, I think, Latin for body. And so Mm -hmm. it's just using the body to help bring you back to a state of regulation. So that's where you'll see people talking. It sounds like really fancy. It's really like not a (laughs) fancy thing. Like it's literally just using the body to um, bring you back to the present moment, bring you back to your senses, bring you back to regulation. Um, So yeah, a lot of times like with, with, clients that I work with, we often go into triggers. Um, It's kind of a part of healing. Like we have to bring stuff to the surface in order to actually heal it. Um, But something that I make sure to do before we end every session is to make sure that they are in a grounded place and in a regulated place. So whether that's doing a body scan, like meditation, um, something that you can do like on your own or through other modalities. I know breath work is another one that people use a lot for, for regulation. Um, but it can be as simple as doing like your own type of breath work. Um, if you inhale for a count that is, um, sorry, if you exhale for longer than your inhale, like than your inhale, um, that sends messages to your body that you're safe and that Mm -hmm. it's okay to be calm. It's okay to Um, come back to that more regulated state. So regulated state is just kind of like homeostasis. That's where that's um, being in parasympathetic nervous system and where that rest and digest can begin to happen. And so that's where you want to come back to anytime that you feel triggered or you feel overwhelmed or you feel like it's just like too much that's going on. So um, something else, some other things that help with that are like, if you go outside, if you're in nature nature is super regulating, super good mm-hmm. for your nervous system, even just like putting your bare feet in the grass, putting your hands in the grass, like whatever, um, like touching the, the earth basically is like literal grounding, um, uh, spending time with your pets and like animals and things like that is very regulating for your nervous system. Um, let's see, uh, shaking. I was just doing this. I had a trigger come up today and I was just, um, doing shaking earlier today. You just shake, like you just shake it, but you're focusing kind of on the emotion that's coming up. Like you're not just shaking just to shake, like you're focusing on the emotion that's coming up and visualizing it kind of moving through you and moving out of you. Um, dancing is a huge one as well that helps, um, like just putting on one song. That's another thing that I would recommend. Like if you're feeling really like overwhelmed or burnt out, even like put on a song you really love and start to dance. Sounds really simple, but it brings you back again to your body, back to regulation. And that's really all nervous system regulation is, is being able to be present in this moment because flight or fight um, or freeze or fawn are all ways that we escape being in the present moment. Mm 
where we don't feel safe to be in the present moment. Yeah, those are really helpful tips. I definitely use a lot of those. Yeah. I've never actually like really intentionally tried the shaking. So maybe mm-hmm. I'll try that next just to see what it's like. Did you just like sway your body around or like, what does that look like? <laughs> I mean, yeah. we're on camera, so like we can see each other. But they can't. <laughs> yeah, it, like um, honestly, it's moving in whatever way like feels good for you. Mm-hmm. Like even um, if you're dancing, like a lot of times I like to call it like intuitive movement yeah. of like moving however feels good for your body, not how you feel like you should. And it could look really weird like mm-hmm. it's okay though because like nobody needs yeah, to see like it right. can look really weird but um yeah I like typically am standing and so I'm like shaking my arms out shaking them above me like shaking like my legs out and just like breathing through it too like allowing yourself to like be in the discomfort of whatever emotion is coming up and then allowing it to move through you that's that's like a huge piece of it is like really allowing yourself to be with the emotion instead Mm -hmm. of rejecting it or suppressing it which we do so so often and that just continues to perpetuate that flight or fight response when we don't allow ourselves to be with the emotion um we just continue that cycle yeah Definitely. Well, I appreciate all of that. Is there anything else that you think we missed or would be beneficial to cover before we wrap up today? Oh my gosh. I feel like I could talk about this stuff for like hours and hours, days and days. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I would have liked to add. Um, I think just a really, really important thing that I want to note is that if you are attempting to do any of this work, alone um just be mindful of it because when you allow yourself to sit in the discomfort or be present with your triggers it can be really scary and so like knowing maybe knowing your limits um just being really cautious of like how far you want to go by yourself um it can just be kind of dangerous at times to do all of this work completely by yourself depending on your history depending on your past Mm -hmm. depending on what comes up for you and so just to be super mindful about it um one of the really important things with um regulation and I should say that also like talking to a loved one or a friend is also regulating for your nervous system um the the thing about regulation is that it's meant to be taught like it's meant to be taught to us by our caregivers it's called co-regulation and so Um, when we're not taught that in childhood, which a lot of us aren't because most of our parents don't know how to regulate their nervous system either. So when we're not taught um, through the process of co-regulation, we often, often most of us are kind of walking around with dysregulated nervous systems. So um, if you want to work with somebody, it can be helpful to learn more of how to regulate and be modeled what that looks like like before every call I I ground and I make sure that I'm in a super regulated place so that I'm not going into people's trauma with them or going into their triggers with them I'm like helping guide them through what's coming up for them without like me being super impacted by whatever they have coming up too so that they can see what it looks like to not be impacted by triggers or not be as disrupted by the emotions that are coming up for them. So that's like another huge piece of nervous system regulation is that it's very important to um, have another person there to kind of teach you and guide you in it. But it's definitely possible to do things for yourself as well. Yeah. 
So, well, I love that you mentioned that because I want you to share how people can work with you. Um, But along with that, can you kind of clarify or like go into detail of what exactly like the partnership would look like if someone were to work with you? Like, are your calls the set aside time where they kind of unpack all of that with you and they're mm-hmm. feeling all these things and identifying them with you and yeah. doing these regulating things while you're on camera with them. Cause I feel like, you know, for someone new, that could be really intimidating and it's like, yeah. I don't know if I can even do that. So can you kind of clarify like what yeah, the sessions totally. look like and then how can people work with you if they're listening and like, oh, I want to work with Kelsey, like, what do I do? Yeah, totally. That's an awesome question. And I actually get that question on calls a lot. So maybe this would be even something in general that I clarify for people. But um, yeah, people often often ask me, like, what does a session look like? And um, it's really based on, again, your unique situation and mm-hmm. circumstances, everything that's coming up for you. Um, in terms of those specific nervous system regulation practices, like the shaking or the dancing or um even a a lot of times like um, screaming or singing or gargling is also regulating for the nervous system. Most of those we don't do on calls, but those are things that I will suggest to people through Mm -hmm. Voxer when we have that space outside of calls, if they have something that comes up, let's Mm say um, somebody messaged me on Voxer, like I'm going through this and I'll be like, okay, what do you, what can you do to like support yourself here? What can you do to start regulating your nervous system and give tips and tools and advice that way? Um, so they know all those things. They know that that's all accessible to them, but they don't have to necessarily do that on camera. Um, but the piece that we do do on the calls is the inner child work. And that's going into a somatic session. It's a somatic approach to inner child work. And so, um, kind of going into a type of meditation, um, but really getting into like the felt sense, um, what is the body experiencing? What emotions are coming up? Where are you feeling it? And then going back into what inner child is coming up for you or how old were you at a time when you felt similarly to this and helping guide you through that process. That's a lot of what sessions look like, like with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so if people are interested in that, I do have um, spots open for one-on-one coaching, um, as well as I do offer a single 90 minute inner child session to just have that inner child um, experience for people. So if they're not quite sure what this is all about and they're like, I, I'm really interested, I want to know more, but I'm not ready for the full commitment. Mm-hmm. I think the 90 minute session is a great option to kind of get a taste of what that support would look like. Yeah, definitely. And so are you, do you have a website that people can find you on or are you just strictly over on Instagram? Yeah, I'm just on Instagram and TikTok. You can find me on TikTok. There's a link um, in my link tree on my bio on Instagram that will, um, that can send you to TikTok. Otherwise, yeah, connect with me on Instagram. I have links there for you to apply for one-on-one as well as um, sign up for and schedule an inner child session as well, or just reach out in the DMs. Like I'm happy to have conversations with people and chat about what what they're needing and what their needs might be. Okay. Um, thank you for sharing that. So you guys listening, if you want to find Kelsey on Instagram, it's Kelsey with a C. So Kelsey dot Elizabeth. Is that the same for TikTok? 
It really should be, but it's not. Okay. My my <laughs> my TikTok is just my first and last name. I'm I'm very close to changing my Instagram just to my first and last name um, mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, it's just Kelsey Daniels on TikTok. But yep, on Instagram it's Kelsey Elizabeth, um, K E L C E Y dot Elizabeth. Cool. And I will link those. Well, I'll link the Instagram in the show notes. I'm not, I'm not huge on TikTok, but I will (laughs) link your Instagram um, in the show notes if anyone wanted to click that and find you. But thank you so much for being here. You shared so much value. I know the listeners will appreciate it. And yeah, I'm just really happy that you were here today. Amazing. Thank you for having me. That is all I have for you today, my friend. I hope that you were able to take something away from this episode that will help you level up today. As always, I ask that if you like today's episode, please leave a five-star rating and a written review telling me your thoughts on what you heard today. Another way that you can help get the word out there is to screenshot this episode, share it on your Instagram story, but make sure to tag both myself at Riley Figliozzi and the podcast page at WWMLCS podcast, which stands for the What Would My Life Coach Say podcast. So I can see it and give you a huge shout out and thank you for listening to the podcast. But take control, level up, have yourself a dance party, and I will talk to you guys next week. (music) 